Ever since Luke disappeared, people have been looking for him. Why did he leave? He was training a new generation of Jedi. One boy, an apprentice, turned against him and destroyed it all. Luke felt responsible. He just walked away from everything. Do you know what happened to him? A lot of rumors, stories. People that knew him best think he went looking for the first Jedi temple. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl Eclair and Jason Hunt, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 264 of Chrome Domes and Jedi. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Kylo Ren to my Anakin Skywalker, we have Carl LeClaire. Let the past die. Kill it. If you have to. La 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 how is it going, Carl? I'm having a good old time here. Just freezing my butt off. It's very, very cold in New England these these last few weeks. That's that's what the news keeps telling me, and I'm I wish I had a little bit of that out here. It was seventy five this afternoon good in Lord. Tucson, Arizona. It was fifteen this afternoon in Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> oh, man, um, there's no disparity there at all, is there? None at all. Oh, man, the difference between them of 60 would be my ideal temperature. How about that? Hmm. Um, you fine with that as well. Jason, you know, we've talked quite a bit about Last Jedi these last couple episodes. I think it's time we just finally jump into the Ewok Battle for Endor movie. Yes. And, uh, and then, I need to watch that first. <laughs> okay, fine. We'll do Caravan of Courage this week. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do love those movies, although it's been a long time since I've seen them. I don't know how well they'll hold up. Um, but yes, no, obviously, once again, everybody, we are going to be talking Last Jedi. Um, and obviously, last week's episode, we we put the word out for all of you to write in, you know, kind of what you liked, some of the things that didn't work for you. And then you all made some great predictions and had some questions. Unfortunately, because of the amount of time last week's episode took, we didn't get to any of the questions, but we're going to do that at the end of tonight's episode. So don't worry, we're going to get to them. Um, yes. But uh, we just kind of structured the, sh- the show again tonight the same way as last week's. So um, except this time we're going to talk about what we really liked and some of the things that kind of either disappointed us or we didn't really you know, didn't work for us. Um, so, but before we get into any of that, uh, we had a really fun poll last episode, which garnered up quite a bit of responses, which is awesome. Where we asked you guys what your favorite, did we ask favorite scene or favorite moment? Although they're kind of the same favorite scene. But yeah. I think so is- we asked you all what your favorite scene in last Jedi was and what did they say? Mr. Hunt. Oh, they said quite a lot. Um, this might be our most uh, contributed poll ever. Um, so brace yourselves. Um, in seventh place, with one vote each, we have um, 
the uh, Kylo Ren belittling or being belittled by Snoke at the beginning. Um, Luke brushing it off, you know, after being shot at, you know, just brush off his cloak. Um, Ray in the rain. Ray's parents revealed. Uh, Luke spearfishing. The uh, zooming shot in the casino when we first entered the casino. Uh, Luke and R2. Ray and Kylo Ren's uh, touch, where they touch hands through the Force. And uh, Chewie and the Porg dinner. Um, all got one vote each. Uh, in sixth place with two votes, um, we had some people snarkily put in the end credits. Um, and then we also had Holdo's Sacrifice. Um, the awesome uh, scene there. And then uh, the Death of Snoke also got two votes. In fifth place with so three votes each, we have uh, actually just one uh, thing. We have uh, Leia using the Force. Um to pull herself back into the ship um, was a very magical scene. Um, and then in fourth place with five votes each, we have the Luke versus Kylo duel and uh, Luke's big stand. I guess that's kind of, you know, the same scene, but we had enough people just um, split that up that I felt we could separate it so um and of course luke's big stand is where he walks out to face the first order that's where my vote went um i love that moment where he steps out of the the caves there to face down the entire first order um pretty awesome um and then in third place with eight votes we had luke and leia in second place with 14 votes we have Yoda and Luke. And then in first place with 15 votes, we have the Kylo, Ray, and Praetorian Guard fight. Um, which, uh, that's where you put your vote, isn't it, Carl? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the, uh, debatably, as far as I can remember, the first time, really since Duel of the Fates, that I had that type of goosebumps in a Star Wars movie. I mean, there were <laughs> there were great moments in Rogue One and, and Force Awakens. But nothing quite goosebump worthy the way that scene was, and it, it, just like it, just like Duel of the Fates when I first saw that in '99, I just like had all these goosebumps, and I was just sitting on the edge of my seat with excitement. And this was that same experience again. So, um, yeah, it's as it, as much as all that other stuff listed, especially some of these top ones were amazing. I just think this one, nothing elicited that response in Star Wars to me since Phantom Menace. So that's got to be my favorite. <laughs> nice. Nice. No, that's a good one. It's a very good one. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody for contributing to that poll. It was quite a quite a feat putting it all together. So uh, thank you for all your responses on that. Um, yeah, we got a nice matchup for you at the end of the episode. So stick around for that. <laughs> yeah, and before we hop in the topic, Jason, I just wanted to because uh, last week's episode I was mentioning how there's that piece of music as Ray's walking into. Um, like kind of Luke's taking her up to like the meditation slab there in this old Jedi temple and the music that's kind of being played in the background sounds very similar to Camino. And I failed at finding it, wasted everybody's time looking for it on the last episode, but I did find it and it's, it's on the uh, last Jedi soundtrack. It's in the, the um, track called old friends and it's at about the three minute, eight second mark. And here's what we hear. Oh, I went a little too far back, but it's coming. 
All right, three minutes, 20 second mark. There we go. Start there. But here it comes. So that brief little bit there just reminds me so much of this part from um, Attack of the Clones. Let me get this. Here it comes. So, yeah, I just I think it's it's really cool how he kind of uses that to me it's the mystery theme right like that's that's kind of when it's played in attack of the clones it's kind of this mysterious piece of music things are hidden in shadow and we don't know what's going on and it's kind of the same as ray comes into into this moment she doesn't really know what to expect because of the type of place it is right it's a very mysterious sacred place and also luke is being a little bit mysterious he you know he's initially refusing her and now all of a sudden he's offering a lesson so um I just I love that John Williams kind of brought that that musical you know feeling back for that scene. Yeah, no, I I, I like it a lot too. It's a I like I said I can't remember if it was the first or second viewing that I kind of sat up and took notice as I heard that I was like oh oh that's like Attack of the Clones that's like Camino so it it stood out to me and I I really enjoyed hearing that so yeah uh, but yeah. Um, I'm glad you were able to find that because I wanted to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I was like, wow, that was that was a lot of fumbling around last week to no avail. I brought nothing to the table with all that wasted time, so I wanted to make up for it this time. So again, that starts at like the actually like three minute and twenty three second mark of the old friends track on last the last Jedi soundtrack, in case you're interested yourself. Um but uh yeah, Jason, there is there's a lot of great stuff in in Last Jedi. Um and I just want, you know, we can just shout out some of the things that we really, really enjoyed. Um, and I was telling you before we, you know, went on the air here that I really wanted to kind of just give some broad ideas, right? Like here's some broad things that I really liked, but I really, I really struggled to come up with broad thoughts. I don't know why. Maybe just my mind wasn't working that way today. But so I just kind of replayed the movie in my mind and just started jotting things down. So it, it, a lot of these for me anyway, are just like, relatively specific scenes, but they're the specific things that really work for me. And I can say at least right out the gate here that the majority of the things that I really loved in this movie have to do with Ray, Ray and Luke or Ray and Kylo or Kylo in general. Um, those, those were all the, my favorite elements of this film, um, which is again, no surprise. If, if, if you've listened to the show long enough, the, the mythological spiritual side of this movie is my favorite shocking. Right. So, oh, wow. I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I, at one point I was trying to do this in chronological order, but I just started writing things down as, as I thought of them. So I, there's no particular order here. This isn't, uh, me ranking anything. This isn't a top five episode. Uh, we're going to wait and do that after we've seen the movie at, couple more times probably but um yeah but uh yeah i mean the first thing that jumps out that jumped out to me jason when i was when i was putting my thoughts together was ray's first lesson right so luke right tells her he's going to give her three lessons i will i will teach you the ways of the jedi and why they must end right uh which by the way we never got the third lesson um and uh 
I'm still super curious what it would have been. Um, but this first lesson, it's, it's this, ah, there's so much good stuff in this scene. It's, I don't want to say it's my favorite scene in the movie because I already mentioned my favorite scene in the movie, but, um, it's, 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 it's up there. And, uh, and there's lots of reasons for that, but it's, Ultimately, it's this moment where Ray taps into the essence of the Force, right? So Luke asks her, what do you know about the Force? And she has a very, like, kind of childish understanding of it. And she's not to be faulted for that, right? Like, she's probably heard of it via myths and legends. And she says, oh, well, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a power the Jedi have. And it can make, you know, you can control people and make things float. Impressive. Right. Every, every word in that sentence you just said was wrong, <laughs> you know? Um, and this is, this is one of those comical scenes that I think really works. It's one of those, you know, it's, it, it's a sense of humor that really works, you know, you know, you know, sit down, breathe, reach out. And she physically reaches out, you know, starts tickling her hand. She's like, Oh, I feel something. You feel it. That's the force. It must be really strong. <laughs> <laughs> really? Smack. Yeah. You meant, you meant reach out. That is, it is probably one of my favorite things. Um, uh, my favorite, uh, you know, funny moments in the movie, I have to say, is that um, because I can see it being something that they were doing like during rehearsal, like yeah. goofing off during, during rehearsal. And they're like, that's funny. Let's put it in the movie. Um, yeah. And and then it, it's it's, you know, even further uh, backed up when when Ray goes, oh, you meant like reach out with here. And the look Luke shoots her like, you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, i love i love that moment but yeah yeah Sorry. It, no it's it's just it's really good and and you know it's the thing i love about this first lesson and it's it's to me the most powerful lesson because lesson two while it's great is just a brief history lesson it's not anything like experiential per se right this one is both a teaching point and an experience point which to me is like that's that's the prof- that's the most profound way of teaching is if you can both stimulate the mind and the heart right and that's what happens in the scene um so first though like you know he tells her like everything you just said was wrong you know it's more than that it's you know it's it's this balance it's this energy that holds all things together right it's not a power outside of you he essentially tells her and i love that he gives her like this kind of brief definition i mean in a way like obi-wan gives a very brief definition of the force to luke in a new hope it doesn't mm-hmm. encapsulate the entirety of the force but it's just a brief introduction i think that's what he kind of gives her here but i love how like you know again he's giving you like this philosophical language and she, I, this is again one of those perfect daisy ridley moments where she goes the way she acts it but what is it right like it's it's still like it's so innocent and and beautiful because mm-hmm. like he tells her what it is but she doesn't get it still. Right. And I think right. that's the great thing about the force. It's not just something you can, you know, like any form of spirituality, it's not just something you can capture with your mind. You have to experience it. You have to feel it. And that's what then happens, right? She taps into what it really is. And you know, that is that beautiful moment. Like it, it, it to me, it's still one of the weirdest camera things we've ever had in star Wars with these, those quick little shots, right. Of like, you know, life, death and rebirth that you know right like all these quick camera shots it makes sense visually but it's just again it's a a very different stylistic way of filming for star wars Mm -hmm. um but right and then she's like and luke says you know in between it all an energy 
a force, you know, and then the, the force theme swells. Like, again, everything's just so perfectly coming together in that scene. And he says inside of you. And she says that same force. And there's like this little grin on her face. Just and to me, like that little smile, it's it's so perfect. It's so perfectly acted because if it's like some big beaming grin, it's it's silly and comical. But it's like this. It's just like you just had like a very satisfying taste of a delicious piece of food, right? Like it's just something that satisfies your soul. Like it's like this little beatific smile that comes across Ray's face as she says, and it's in me too. Um, and then mm-hmm. Luke teaches her like, you know, to, you know, for you to think that this is only something for Jedi is vanity. Like, can you feel that? Like he also acts great in that scene. Yes. Um, so yeah, I love it. And like, yes, obviously then she goes to the dark, that, parts fine but i think again this is this is ray's really first raw experience of the force um yeah you know akin to really luke's training on the falcon and a new hope I, i'm not trying to say they're the same because you know I've, I've read plenty of commentators that say you know ray's journey is not luke's journey and that's a good thing and, and i agree I, you know if we just get luke 2.0 it's it's kind of boring right um right but it, again it's that's similar story beat though of like having to have this kind of like profound experience of the force um and uh like ray has kind of tapped into it in force awakens but here she she gets a really raw sense of it and understands that it's within her um and i love that because to me that's what that's the start of her real journey in this film yeah no I, i it's a great scene um it's probably one of my favorite scenes on octo so uh, I have no nothing disparaging to say about it at all. So, um, yeah, it's probably one of the best scenes um, on yeah. Octo. So, yeah. but um, I want to give one of my yeah. one of the things I liked, and and my list is going to be a little bit more broad. And I will uh, preface this by saying, folks, I, unfortunately, due to scheduling, I still have only seen this movie three times, which is driving me nuts. But I need to go see it again. And I haven't been able to. It's like the world is conspiring against me. Um, but um, I will say one one of the things that I really love um, in this movie is just the character of Rose uh, is one of the the best additions um, in this movie, in my opinion. I, I, while the story primarily, you know, is, is supposed to follow Ray and Kylo. Um, we also get introduced to this brand new character in Rose and she, in my opinion, makes herself um, an invaluable part of, of this new era in star Wars. Um, She's uh, caring. um, She's smart in her own way. And she's also a very innocent person where things are very black and white for her because, you know, uh, if you're leaving, you know, when we first meet her, if you're leaving, you're a traitor. And that means you're supposed to go to the brig. You know, that she zaps Finn. He was this hero in her eyes, and he has fallen. And so she's, you know, not only is she mad at him for trying to, to sneak away, but she's mad at him for failing to live up to the hero she, she thought he was. And so she's going to lock him up in the brig, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I just like that, uh, that, that mentality. Um, that she has everything is very black and white, which is why when they go to, I guess kind of one of the reasons why when they go to crate, um, we kind of see it through her eyes in a sense, once she brings attention to the underbelly and, 
And maybe that's why Crate is so black and white with like the, the dress, the fancy dress and everything. I don't know. But um not Crate, I'm sorry. Canto Bite. Mm-hmm. Um So yeah, I I really enjoy her and I was very happy uh to see that she survived <laughs> because um when when Finn was gonna go, you know, suicide bomb the uh the cannon there, um, and she comes zooming out of nowhere. I thought we were going to lose her. I was like, no, 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 no. So um, I was very happy to see that she survived. And, of course, she gave us probably one of the best lines in the movie. You know, we're not going to win, you know, by fighting against what we hate, but by saving what we love, mm-hmm. you know. So it, Rose is one of my favorite additions to the new to the new trilogy right now. And, uh, yeah. I love I love the character. I, I I got the three and three quarter black series rose, and she's brandishing her little electro zapper. So <laughs> don't try to abandon the show, Jason. You'll get zapped. Mm, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoy Rose's character as well. Um, I, I, there's nothing in particular that really stands out, just because she's in the boring part of the movie in my book. <laughs> um, I still don't I still don't love Canto Bite. I. I think it's fine and it, it makes sense for why it's in the movie, but it's just not my favorite part. Um, but yeah, I, for the thing, like I agree with a lot of what you said there about how she is the innocent character who sees things in a more black and white way. Um, but there's, there's just such a sense of, of purity to her and goodness. Um, and she is an integral part of the star Wars story. Um, she, she really brings out the best in Finn in a way yeah. that even Ray didn't. Right. Like he just selfishly like wants to be with Ray to run off and God knows do what. Um, right. He he's only concerned about her. But, um, you know, Rose's initial interaction with Finn is calling him the hero, the Finn, you know, right. You're and, the Finn. <laughs> the Finn. <laughs> um, and right, she recognizes who he is, even if he doesn't. Um, you know, and that's a that's a great character. Rose brings out the goodness in Finn, and I think, in a way, she that's part of what her story arc is. Um, you know, a, a lot of this movie has to do with people bringing you know bringing something out of another character that wasn't that was either suppressed or just wasn't there. Um, for Finn, he is he does have the heart of a hero, but he's also the cowardly lion, um, right? And Luke is you know run off and we all thought Ray was going to be the reason he comes back, but it ultimately takes Yoda, right? Like, um, so, you know, I, I like that. That's what Rose's character is. And it, 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 the end of the film there, when they're, you know, waiting for, uh, you know, the door to be cracked open, Finn's the one who says like, we got to fight, we've got to delay people. And then it pans, you know, then we get a shot of, Poe kind of nodding in agreement, but then we get a just again, like similar to like the smile on Ray's face in the scene I was just talking about. We get a like little smile from Rose where to me, it's like, yes, she's, she finally sees the Finn, right? That right, she right. is Finn again. Exactly. So. And she did that though, right? She's the one responsible for bringing that out of him. Right. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. She's a great character. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of her in, um, in the next one, you know, a lot of people have said they don't find the romance convincing. Um, I, I, it just kind of surprised me. I don't think it was not convincing. I just 
kind of didn't I kind of expected it to be there, but they don't really allude to it till very abruptly. I mean, I don't necessarily think it it's a romance um until you know, I don't think it's really romance because he's not, you know, reciprocating yet. Um and right. it's kind of not really even a fledgling romance until she's, you know, unconscious and he's taking care of her. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. But honestly, I'm glad we get it because every Star Wars trilogy has had a romance. And I think we need that. Like, I think that's an important part of the Star Wars story um, mm-hmm. is to have something there with that kind of affection as well. And it doesn't look like we're going to get that with Finn and Ray. <laughs> no, I- I'm still uh, I'm still hoping for Raylo. Uh, by the way, I love that expression. Uh, <laughs> Kylo and Ray, it's, uh, the Internet is calling them Raylo, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, I would love for that to happen, but I don't think it's going to. Yeah, um, there's a few minor issues that half of that is having with the other. So, right. <laughs> um, well, something else I wanted to bring up and I'm going to I'll just hit a few more things from Octo here real quick. Um, but and I know I mentioned this, I think, even on our first episode. But I, again, just want to reiterate how much I love Ray's persistence in being trained. Um, and again, it's just to me. It's just like it's an old callback to like a. Again, I say an old samurai movie as if I know what I'm talking about when I don't exactly know. But I I know that's a theme in a lot of like master apprentice type stories of the idea of the apprentice kind of being tested in a way. That's not exactly what Luke is doing. He is not testing her like Yoda was testing him or, you Mm -hmm. know, um, he literally doesn't want her there. But I love Ray's persistence. Um, And what's so neat is, is Luke Luke doesn't exactly know why she's being so persistent initially, right? Like that, those first few shots we see where she's following him, you know, down to milk the moof and then, you know, catching fish. <laughs> um, right. We don't know what Luke's thinking. It's not until she goes into the sacred tree. Right. Um, and I love this moment because um, there's so much in there. So I, I don't want to talk too much about it, but there's so much in that little scene as well that I absolutely adore. Um, and obviously this comes before her first lesson, but the first thing we get is the idea that there are these sacred texts, these ancient Jedi sacred texts. Um, and again, that just, what that builds, you know, that's, that's world building. That's good stuff, right? Like that's mythology building material right there. And that's, that's awesome. Like that is star Wars right there. Um, and, uh, what's also so neat is like Luke says, you know, this was, this temple was originally built to house these original Jedi texts, right? So, and we already know from force awakens that Octu is the site of the first Jedi temple. So as someone who is a student of religion, I love that this is the place where again, a group of force using people who became what's known as the Jedi got together and had some sort of sacred texts to guide what they are. Um, and, uh, right. And they house that there. I think that's just incredible. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I was hoping he'd refer to them as the Journal of the Wills, um, and they still could be, I mean, just because he doesn't. He just says, you know, the ancient Jedi sacred texts. Right. Um, but I really want to know more of what's in there, and I, you know, I have a feeling since she took them, we'll get some sense of it in, in 9, or at least an, ex, an ancillary, an expanded ancillary. Thank you, <laughs> material. Um, but the final thing in the scene that I really like is Luke's persistence to her, though. Why are you here, right? You know, the yeah. resistance sent me. Why are you here? Who are you? I'm, no, you know, I come from nowhere. No one's from nowhere. 
Where are you from? Okay, that is basically nowhere. Um, (laughs) But right, like his persistence of why are you here? Um, And, you know, and then she admits this, you know, reality that she knows there's something within her that she doesn't fully understand and it scares her and she needs someone to guide her. And Luke then, of course, is like, yep, you need a teacher, but it's not going to be me. Right. Um, Right. But this is like, this is such great stuff. Um, like, yeah, so that I'll leave it at that. Um, because, uh, my biggest disappointment is also tied into all this stuff too. Um, <laughs> cause we're always stopping short. I wish they'd go all the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. What, any, what else do you want to mention? Um, I, let's see here. I, I really, um, gosh, Stop thinking and start started like <laughs> getting involved in what you were saying. Um, I don't know. I, I really like the um, the history that we're getting about the Jedi. You know, the the idea. You know, it, it kind of in line with this is is um, you know how they might have been formed. You know, here on Octo. You know th- that. They've been here, you know, these texts have been here for so long. These guardian, these, you know, uh, caretakers have been here taking care of the old temple. And, you know, for all these years, you know, why do they do that? Um, what started that? Um, and then, of course, you know, the, the fact that Luke knows um, a lot of the history of, of the Jedi leading up to their, you know, their downfall and their destruction that we got in the, the prequels and stuff, you know, that I, I just really appreciate the fact that we're getting, you know, history of, of the Jedi and, and that it's not just being kind of swept under the rug to make way for something new. Um, we're acknowledging it. Um, and while Luke is sort of like, you know, this is all reason why the reasons why the Jedi should end, uh, you know, Yoda says, but you know, it's a failure and you're supposed to learn from that and move forward. And, you know, so it's, um, I don't know, just, just sort of a, a broader sense is I, I, I really appreciate and, and I'm enjoying the fact that the history is, is there and it's, it's being explored and, and considered. Um, so I don't know. I, I really like that, that aspect. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Cause again, that's, that's, that's world building. That's myth building. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, it's it's very weird because of Luke's own personal failure. He's just going to assume that the Jedi need to end, um, which is which is why again Yoda shows up to wisen him up and basically say, "Nope, that's all. All teachers fail, just like every student fails. Right? You got to learn from it and keep moving forward." Or as the great Alfred the Butler would say, "Why do we fall, Master Wayne?" <laughs> so we can so learn to pick we- ourselves up. Right, exactly. I love that Ryan Johnson stole from the Dark Knight trilogy. Great stuff, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. It's it's great that we're getting a richer sense of of the Jedi history. And um, again, I'm hoping at some point Disney gives us more content, whether it's through you know a TV show, a movie, anything. I just I want more of that. <laughs> um, more, more. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of good old Kylo, um, 
something I was thinking about today. I I love, and I I know this was mentioned in, and somebody mentioned this in our uh, you know favorite scenes. But they lo- somebody mentioned you know the scene where S- Snoke basically belittles Kylo. Um, and I love that scene. I love it so much. And again, the, the genius of the way Ryan Johnson edits this together too, because right before it, Luke says, "Where's Han?" and then boom, we see Kylo, right. Um, cause I think it's pretty apparent that Han still resides in a way inside of Kylo. Um, yeah, but you've got this, this great moment where Snoke is just crapping all over him, right? Like talking down to him, like, and I love before he takes the mask off, but he's like, I think Kylo like, he's, he's really taken aback by the way he's being spoken to, you know, like I thought you were going to be like. I saw all this raw power and great potential and you were, you know, going to be the next Vader because of your bloodline. And now I think I'm mistaken. And I love, again, like great helmet acting, even though it's the only scene with his helmet, really. But great helmet acting by Adam Driver again, where he just kind of he's looking at the floor and he just kind of looks up as if he is like shocked, like WTF. Uh, I've given everything to you, to the dark side. And, you know, take take that mask, mask off. Right, and yeah. it's such. It's he's so like it's his, he, he, he's sneering at Kylo. Yeah, just the whole time. Yep, and I think in this moment is the first time Kylo really starts to hate Snoke. Um, again, with this is all purely speculation because obviously we don't know any of this stuff. Much too many people's chagrin. <laughs> um, but we don't know exactly what Snoke did to entice Kylo, right? Like, and, and I think it's I, we really need to figure that out in some way, shape, or form. And I think more of it hopefully will get unpacked in 9. And to be fair, we didn't know why Anakin falls to the dark side. We're only ever told that he was, you know, seduced. Not why. You know, prequels <laughs> illustrated that. And that's fine. We don't have to see every little thing for Kylo. But um, I really think in this moment, though, is the first time I think Kylo might look at Snoke with some level of hatred. Because, again, I don't think the Snoke Kylo relationship is the Sith relationship of like, I'm going to train you even though I know eventually you're going to try to overthrow me. Right? Like Palpatine and Maul, Maul always kind of holds a disdain for, for Sidious and same with Dooku for Sidious and same with Vader for Sidious. Right. Um, same with Sidious for Plagueis. Um, I don't know that that's the, supposed to be the same dynamic between Kylo and Snoke, but I think in this scene, again, the, some of the things we've heard about Kylo's character is he, he didn't feel like he was being seen by Han and Leia, right? They were so busy doing their own thing. Right. Snoke obviously saw him and, and saw that this specialness to him. And now Snoke is just like throwing that out the window. And what I was thinking about is obviously a huge part of the theme of this movie is your mentors not being what you expected them to be. Right. And of course we immediately think of right with Luke, right? Like right. Luke is not what she expects. But I think this is for the first time where Kylo is not getting what he expected out of his mentor. Snoke is not what he thought he was going to be, right? Um, And and when he yells, you failed. And Kylo, like, throws that cape off like he's about ready to go at him. And he just gets force lightning balled, which is a really cool power, by the way. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, it's just such a charged scene. Oh, it is. So good. Yeah. Um, it's a great scene. And, and I think one of our, our listeners who responded to the poll, um, said that that's the moment, you know, where Kylo decided he was going to kill Snoke. Right. So just a matter of time. 
but yeah, no, it's 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 a great it's a great sequence, and the dynamic between the two of them is really, um, you know, set up in that scene for the rest of the movie, and especially because you know he's just gotten done praising Hux for you know being able to get the tracking on on the resistance ship. So, you know, he's just gotten finished praising Hux and all this fun stuff, and then he just lights into Kylo. Um, and it's, you know, Kylo probably doesn't think it's fair, for one, and then, you know, the blinders are taken off, and he realizes what he's really dealing with. So Right. Well, as Kylo, uh, there, there's, I totally misheard what Snoke says. As Kylo's walking in and, and Hux is leaving, he says, you wonder why I keep a rabbit cur, you know, on yeah. what does he say? Why I keep a rabbit cur and oh, plus a such a place of, but I thought he says, oh. I, I couldn't understand what he said there. I thought he said like a rabbit cur, like as if it was some sort of device. Um, so one <laughs> final spoiler I read like a few weeks before the movie came out and I obviously didn't say anything before then, but you know, like there's that device that he has Ray look through that's basically just a big magnifying glass. <laughs> yes. Um, well, there, there was a site that said that this particular, that particular device was some machine of Snoke's that was going to play a pivotal role in the film. So when we see that, right, when Kylo walks in, we see that kind of off to the side next to the throne. And then I thought he said a Rabaker, which I just thought was like the name of that device. Um, <laughs> and I was like, Oh, interesting. I wonder what a Rabaker is. Have we learned? And then I asked uh, my friend Greg about it the next, next viewing. He goes, no, he says a rabid cur. And I was like, Oh, I thought it was like some star Wars word. <laughs> no, no, he just sort of runs that together. Um, meaning hucks, of course. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, um, anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. One of the things I, I, I want to say I, I loved in this movie, um, and this is more purely for the pure Star Wars awesome goodness that it entails is uh, the assault on the Dreadnought mm, at the beginning. Yeah. The, I love that sequence so much. It, you know, especially, you know, starting, you know, starting from when it, it shows up, obviously, because, you know, Captain Kennedy. Awesome. I love <laughs> Captain Kennedy. I cannot men- <laughs> forget to mention Captain Kennedy on this podcast. You know, I should have mentioned him five bloody minutes ago. Um, Jason, but- do you want to just rename the podcast from Wampa's Lair to Kennedy's Quarters? <laughs> <laughs> that gets a little too intimate. Kennedy's um, Cookies? <laughs> maybe not. Um, but, uh, you know, from, from the moment the Dreadnought appears to, you know, the the culmination of that scene with Paige sacrificing herself uh, to blow it up and, you know, uh, Poe's run on, on the ship and everything. I, I love that sequence. It, and it really always gets me pumped up when the March of the Resistance kicks in as the bombers, you know, come into frame. I love that mm-hmm. moment so much. And it, there's not any real deep meaning behind it obviously i just love the scene it's a great starfighter battle it's a great sequence um and you got some great characters doing some awesome stuff um you know captain kennedy and Paige are characters that we never you know met before we'll never meet again um you know unless it's in other material and but they both leave a you know a big mark on (laughs) what happens um, in that movie, you know, at least Kennedy left a big mark on me. Um, but Paige is highly influential in, in you know, that moment. And, you know, going forward, her 
sacrifice continues to be felt because of the impact it has on Rose. So, yeah, um, I love, I just love that whole sequence. Oh, I, I'm with you too. That's one of the things I was going to bring up as well. I love just the opening of this movie is great. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's such good stuff with Poe again. Cause we get to see that, that same Poe we saw that took out, I think it's 11 tie fighters in a matter of like six seconds on Takadana. <laughs> Right, like yes. now he's flying across this massive dreadnought, taking out all. He's you know he he's not trying to penetrate our armor. He's taking out our surface cannons. Or I, I can't do Kennedy. It's a lot of fighters. Five bloody minutes ago. <laughs> I I was, say, I was saying this to you before we recorded, but I've every time I've seen this movie since recording with you, I've loved seeing Captain Kennedy. Um, <laughs> you've been, you've appreciated my appreciation for a guy that I could normally care less about. Um, but it's great and I will say this so the last time I just saw the movie which was last week I went with some friends to the like IMAX 3D theater out here which is it's like the best projection and screen and sound experience in all of New England and when that dreadnought comes out of hyperspace oh it's good in 3D like it looks glorious Um, yeah yeah. I I could watch that scene over and over again in, in 3D IMAX so Nice. But yeah, it's just it's like you said, I mean, there's not a whole lot of weight to it. It's just it's a really fun scene. Um, and, you know, I even like BB-8 down in the inside of it, just like plugging the holes and stuff like that's again, it's just like something very silly and, and, and perfect for Star Wars. Um, yeah. And uh, no, it's great. Yeah. You know, it's great. Oh, the, the, every time he plugs a spark, another one. Right. Opens up and finally just like, oh, screw it. Just stuffs his head into the control panel right <laughs> yeah you know the only thing i wish we had gotten a, l- a little bit more of well it, actually we'd just gotten some of period was dogfighting i love space dogfighting and i mean we get we obviously got a bunch in rogue one um we got some in we got some good stuff in force awakens um but we don't really get any dogfighting here i mean yes poe takes out those two fighters like with that awesome maneuver, don't get me wrong. Like that's that's so cool when he just like slams on the brakes and swings around them and blasts them both out of the sky. I mean that's really cool. But when the bombers come in and stuff, I mean again we get like brief snippets of things dogfighting. But I, I would have loved to have seen Poe like doing some of the dogfighting. Or what's the other? Um, who's the the character uh, who calls in? Tally. Tally. Yeah. Like I would have liked to in her A wing. Like I would have liked to see her like just take out a couple tie fighters or something. Right. Just. Just to, I don't know. They, obviously, they wanted the focus to be on um, Paige and the bombers, mm-hmm. which is fine. I get it, but I just I love dogfighting, so I just right. I, I wish we had seen Poe like kicking some butt a little bit more. <laughs> I mean, I know we got to just see him light it up literally on the the cannons, but, but yeah, right. that's such a fun, such a fun battle. Yeah, I think it's it, it's the most. I would say it's the most exciting opening of a Star Wars film since A New Hope. You know, um, nothing else really kicks off with that type of bang except for A New Hope, right? No. Not that I, I mean. Oh, Revenge of the Sith. Say Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, there's a one sweepingly long shot of a massive space battle. I right. I, I stand corrected. Okay, so since Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> 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 oh man. But yeah, I, I mean, this is, yeah, I, I would say Last Jedi definitely has one of the, my favorite openings in a Star Wars movie for sure. Yeah, it's a good opening. It's a really good opening. So um, what well, else you got? 
so I just wanted to say um, again, just I love the Kylo Ray connection throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, right. Just seeing them in all of those moments together is incredible. Um, and uh, something my friend Greg pointed out, and I would love to say this is my idea or my thought because it's really cool, but it's not. Um, but and, and Greg pointed this out in one of the viewings because he's like, Carl, look at another single tear. Because obviously I love single tears. Um, and, right. and Ray has quite a few of those moments. And Greg pointed out, he's like, it's very interesting though. Like this, she always has the same single tear out of the, single tear out of her right eye. And he mentioned how it kind of mirrors the scar on Kylo's right eye. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, whether that's intentional or not, I don't know. But that's, I wouldn't be surprised if it is. I think that's a really cool idea. Um, but right, these two characters are are bonding throughout the film and it's so interesting because at first right it's just she calls she still thinks he's a monster she you know you're gonna pay for what you did which hey who else who else says that line jason i'm sorry i'm my brain is not i know i know you're not on your but anakin right like you're gonna pay for all the jedi you killed today dude yeah 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 yeah. right you're gonna pay for the jedi you killed today you take them together you go and slowly. No, I'm taking out. No, no. Um, but yeah, as I, you I, see, my Jedi powers are far beyond yours. Now, back down. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I I do like that. You know, she's she's got like that fire in her, like like Anakin did, in the sense of like she's also a fiery character, and obviously we see more of that later against Snoke, but um. Mm-hmm. Right. There's like this slowly coming together because Kylo starts to become humanized to her in all of those connections. Right. At first, he is just a monster. And I even find it like he even says, like, you know, when you called me a monster and she says, you are a monster. And he says, I am, you know, like he even calls himself a monster, which I find interesting. Um, but right. Like the, the reason she hates him so much is because he killed Han Solo, who was one of the first people ever to rec- to like see her and take, you know, some level of interest in her besides Finn. So yeah. she, she kind of hates him for that. And, you know, that's what she first confronts him with is like, you know, why did you, why'd you hate him? I didn't hate him, you know? And, uh, you know, the first couple times I watched the movie, I was like, Oh, I don't get it. Like he never really answers Ray question. He doesn't answer Ray's question, you know, like, you know, why do, what do you mean you don't understand? Your parents threw you away like garbage. Um, you know, and that's when he then goes into his little speech of let the past die, kill it if you have to. So I think for Kylo, he didn't kill Han because he hates him. He kills him because he thinks that's what he has to do to become who he's supposed to be, right? Like there is this like tragic fault to him. Um, I don't know exactly why he thinks that. Um, in the same way, I don't know why Anakin thought that killing younglings would help him be more powerful, right? Like, there is there is a deluded sense in the dark side, for sure. But um, right. Kylo going to that place, you know, at least he's trying to make sense of things for Rey. Like, he didn't hate Han. Um, he just felt like that's what he had to do. But as they continue to interact with each other, right, and she gets the different versions of what happened between him and Luke – Right. And she finally gets the full truth there when they touch hands and she just she sees this goodness in, in Kylo and she's hoping to bring him back to the light. Um, 
And conversely, Kylo thinks he sees something in her that's going to bring her into the dark with him. Yeah. Um, so they, there is just like this. Yeah. Like, and I love that shot of them touching hands. I think it's beautiful. And the way the music just goes silent. And then she has that tear and the force theme again, because she, you know, in that moment she sees Ben solo and she really thinks she can do this. She thinks she, yeah. she's figured out how to win this impending war, right? I'm going to get him to come to the light side. Yeah. Um, and it's just this beautiful moment. And, Right. That's the thing. And like, she's the one confiding in him in that moment too. After her cave experience. I love that. You know, I came here for answers, but I've never felt more alone. You're not alone. Neither are you. Right. Like there is, cause y- you made this comment long time ago when the trailers came out, you know, of that shot of Kylo just standing, you know, looking over this massive army and you, mm-hmm. you know, your impression of that scene is like, he looks so alone. And that's yeah. exactly the point. Like he is alone. Like he has no friends and he certainly has denounced his family, but here he's let Ray in. And I, and I love that. Like these two characters who feel so alone find a bond within each other. Um, and that's what obviously propels Ray to go try to save him. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, the connection between these two is what really drives the movie forward. And it, it it's the, the one of the central themes of this film and so i i can't complain with how it developed i think it developed great um so yeah no it's fantastic stuff and and the fact that they come to this sense of you know no one else loves us but we have each other you know is kind of you know obviously what, what really drives a lot of that and then at the end they realize, you know, after after they take out the Praetorians, they realize it's like, well, maybe not. You know, Ray feels betrayed again, yeah, uh, by Kylo, and then you know, Kylo feels betrayed because she didn't stay, uh, and it, you know, it seems like they're reaching out for he's reaching out for that connection one last time at the end on crate, and she's like, no, I can't do that. I can't walk down that path with you. Um, she's she's found the people who really care, who really, um, you know, love her and and have her interest uh, in mind, and so she's going to stay with them. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, um, I think one other thing I really want to make sure I bring up is. Uh, Leia. Mm. I love Leia in this movie. This is probably one of her best performances in Star Wars, in my opinion. Mm. Um, I mean, definitely she had a whole lot more to do than she did in Force Awakens, that's for sure. Um, Maybe not best performances in Star Wars, period, because she has some great scenes uh, in Empire and uh, Jedi, um, particularly the the Ewok uh, catwalk scene. Is really good with Leia, but um, I thought Carrie Fisher did amazing, and you know Leia had some great moments. I love her her Force moment. I know that's kind of one of the one of those divisive moments in this movie. I don't understand why, but I because I love it. Um, I, I can see why people might think it looks a little goofy, but I, I think it's a great scene and a great moment. Um, but she's 
continues to show that she is the backbone and the the strength and the the rock that everything is built on when it comes to the resistance and the rebel alliance and everything that that we've seen her go through um and she still has that hope up until the very end there on crate she's almost bulldogish in her belief that that there is hope that there you know things will be better that they you know and it's not until the very end where she she loses that obviously and then Luke you know walks in and restores everything once again but um it, it's just a great uh a great depiction of of who Leia has become i think and and who Leia is um and i wasn't expecting it you know i was hoping for something uh, but I wasn't expecting something like this, and and I just thought the, the performance was great, and I really liked what the the story that they told with Leia. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree though. Like this is one of the best performances we've ever had for Leia in a Star Wars movie, and that's not putting down what we got in the OT. Um, I mean, she doesn't get to do much in Force Awakens. Um, and you can definitely tell Carrie Fisher has been away from acting for a long time. Not that she's bad. She's just not as on par with some of the other folks. But here, Little. she she shines like never before. Right. Um, and, yeah, I mean, her character, like you said, she is the bedrock of this story. And it's interesting that at the end of the film, right, that Finn says people believe in Leia. He doesn't say people believe in the resistance. People believe in the rebellion. People re- believe in the republic. He says people believe in Leia. Right, he yeah. makes it very personal to her, um, which I just find very interesting. Um, so yeah, and it, and it makes sense because well, although we find out that apparently they don't because nobody comes, but <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean Leia is phenomenal in this film, um, and uh, you know, in a way too, she is the most effective mentor in the film with Poe. Right. Yeah. Like he gets slapped in the face because he's just being a brash idiot, you know, rushing into (laughs) a fight that didn't need to be fought. And as a result, loses an entire fleet. Um, And right. He's foolishly pulling things behind, you know, Haldo's back. Um, And, uh, you know, oh, by the way, I do find it odd. This just to because I know a lot of people don't like Haldo because they're like, oh, why doesn't she just tell Poe the plan? (laughs) Um, and I think that's a somewhat valid argument. I mean, for, I've heard people say, well, like she doesn't need to tell him he's just a captain, right? Like he's just been demoted. He's headstrong. She sees him as dangerous and we get that. She tells us that, right? Like you're headstrong, you're dangerous, but you're not what we need right now. Um, so she does give that. Um, but the one critique I have of that though, is she's very close with Leia and so is Poe. Leia trusts Poe very intrinsically. So why doesn't Haldo? Although, well, I'll immediately defeat that argument by saying to myself, well, because the last thing she saw Poe do was, you know, perform insubordination. So he's not in the best light at that moment of the film. So, and I don't, I don't think Haldo is really, you know, broadcasting the plan to anybody. You know, she's keeping it very close to the vest because she doesn't want, you know, to spark a mass mutiny. Right. You know, she doesn't want to spark uh, a mass desertion. Um, and so, 
it, while it's probably the most the safest you know plan that they could do and if you know they they could have pulled it off um if it weren't for freaking dj um <laughs> right. but um but yeah no it's it, it, she doesn't want to spark um you know a mass mutiny or a mass uh, desertion. And I, I think that's part of why she keeps it so close to the vest and, you know, Poe getting involved and knowing the inside of the, of the plan means there's a loudspeaker attached to it now because Poe doesn't keep his mouth shut. Right. Very clearly. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, but, but Leia is great because right at the end of the film there, you know, everybody follow me. They all look to her. What are you looking at me for? Follow him, right? Right. And then she, and she gives that smile too, right? She gives that smile. This yeah. this is a movie full of that smile, right? Uh, <laughs> the Last um, Jedi, aka the 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 full smile, you know, the, um, right? And I think Leia Leia is happy because she sees that you know someone she can pass that 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 sort of her sort of role on to somebody. Because she does, she's not going to last forever, you know. Right. She's she, and she's uh, pragmatic enough to know that. Yeah. Um, she's pragmatic and practical enough to realize that. And and while it's true that Finn says, you know, people believe in Leia. What happens when she's gone? Does that mean the resistance, you know, falls apart? You know, she's planning for the future, um, and it looks like Poe's the man to to pick up where Leia left off. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and we obviously see the impact she's had on him just in the movie itself, right? He's the one who orders that they fall back. Like we're all getting picked off. Let's just get out of here. We're not going to be able to do this. So let's live to fight another day or at least live to have another, try something else. Cause this is just going to be a suicide run. Um, Right, and, and he comes back with that boon, if you will, to use Campbellian language, right? Um, so he's learned from his failures, and he's learned from his mentor. You know, yeah. I, my, one of my, my, I think my favorite moment between the two of them is when he comes to on, you know, on the escape shuttle, and mm-hmm. he just jumped. No, no, no. He jumps up all, you know, distraught and worried, you know, pounds his hand against the glass and then Leia, you just, she comes into frame Poe, right? Like it's like a mother with a, like a overly excited child. And, and I said this to my friend Greg during one of the viewings, I was like, Oh my God, I'm so Poe Dameron. Cause like I get like super heated and, and, and hot like he does in a way um, that like, sometimes it's like, I just need somebody to like, be like, yo, cool your jets, <laughs> you know? And that's really what oh. Leia provides for him. You know I mean? Right. Sit down. Right. Yeah. And she unpacks what he was missing. So, right. Um, which I love. It's a great moment. Um, yeah. Uh, Jason, I just want to talk a little bit about, um, again, not, we don't have to talk extensively because we've talked about it a lot, but the, the Raylo versus Snoke and the Praetorians, um, mm-hmm. fight. I mean, I, that scene is, uh, it's just one of my favorite scenes in all of star Wars. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, the, the fight itself, there's not, a, I mean, not a ton to necessarily say directly about the fight because it's just a really cool looking fight. Um, right. 
But the thing that I wanted to just kind of mention briefly at, uh, at this point is how much I love the aftermath of the fight, though. So they've just you know defeated these guards, and to be fair, I think I think there are seven guards, and eight. Uh, there's eight. Yeah, that's right. Ray takes out three, so Kylo takes out five, which I appreciate that he has more because again, he's more trained in combat than she is lightsaber yeah. combat at least. Um. So uh, that's not to say like, oh, I don't think Ray's capable of taking on more. No, but I just think it, it just makes sense for those people who don't like the fact that she's so overpowered. Like her fighting with a melee weapon, again, makes sense. We've seen her do it. She's done it a lot of her life on Jakku as well. Um, right. But Kylo has the edge of he's probably been trained in lightsaber combat. Um, yes. In some capacity, probably from Luke. And then again, maybe even with Snoke. So, um yeah, he's just such. Uh, it's just such a great fight. I love it. I Every, like his fighting style. I love his I think, fighting style. It's so uh, animalistic. This is a overused word with this with this trilogy, but it's so raw. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a great fighting style. Um, yeah. And I like how they keep uh, working the fact that he's got the cross guard there into, you know. Yeah, into the fighting right. style. Right, yeah. It's not just there for looks. Right. Yeah. I so. mean, like when those two are like, you know, he's got the two guards like going for his chest and he blocks down. He's basically using that cross guard to block down with. Exactly. To, and to to hold them there before he can, you know, yeah. put through and, and break out of that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That, I initially, when we first saw the design for his saber, I thought it was silly and stupid. I, I rescind that comment. So, <laughs> yeah, well, um, well, it, it could have been right, but they, but they made it right. of value. Like they made it not just something to be visually different looking. Like it had a purpose as well. Yeah, um, yeah. What one of the things I love in the fight too, though, is when Ray is about to f- fight the last of the guards she takes on. Who you know, he splits his weapon in half and he's twirling them like a you know space ninja. And Ray twirls the lightsaber and she just kind of screams too, like she kind of gives like a battle cry. And I love that. Like she, there's such a rawness to Ray too, right? Like she just she is charging into battle here, and I love that. I love you know that in a you know. I could see some fans being like, oh, does she tap into the dark side there? And it's like, no, I think she just taps into the fight. Like anytime you're in a, a fight, especially for survival, like it probably brings out a little bit of the animal inside of you, <laughs> you know? Oh, um, no, no. The, the, she's tapping into whatever energy, you know, the, that that I, I can't find the right word for it. But it's not necessarily the dark side. But there is there is a, a strength, or an, an energy, a... a unrestrained aspect um that takes over you know it, it's the the heat of the, the battle you know and why not have a battle cry i mean come on yeah yeah it's great you know, the, we're not you know this isn't classical dueling like dooku would you know where it's you know silent and very precise you know although right. dooku's not silent he talks a lot um but he's not most, making groans right <laughs> yeah. right he's, he's not you know, yeah, I don't ever hear Christopher Lee doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, but yeah, no, it, it, it's a very you know unrestrained uh, reaction, and I love it. it. It's a good one. So yeah, yeah it's, it's one of the most visually striking fights 
in all of Star Wars too. Just the the, the setting and everything, and the you know the fact that they set the the curtains on fire, mm-hmm. and then you know you just see out into space, and it, it's it's such a visually striking fight as well. You know, just everything involved with it. So yeah, it's a it's a great great scene. Yeah. Yeah, and then I, I love the aftermath where, you know, you have Ray's naivete, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. order them to stop firing, stop, to stop firing on the fleet, you know, and not happening, you know. No. And it, it's akin to when he shouts traitor in Force Awakens, which, again, is very Anakin-esque. I love when he says to Ray, like, no, you're still holding on. Let go, right? Like the way he shouts those lines. So perfect. Right. So awesome. Yeah. And then there's this like amazing interaction because I think Ray really came here with this hope of him be, you know, being Ben Solo again and coming back to the light and coming with her. Um and that is just crumbling around her, you know. Yeah. And, and again, like you said, the visuals of this scene are stunning. You know, you you have sparks. Yeah. It's it's a Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's just everything is coming apart, and we're even getting that visually. Um, and I love that she says, you know, you know, don't go this way, and and you know, like it's it's again. I mean, a lot of people have said this, but it's the the Padme to Anakin on Mustafar, like you're breaking my heart. Yeah. But what's really interesting is I love that Kylo says. Um, well, first he says he goes, you know, you you can. Tell me who your parents are. You know who they are. They're nobodies. You know, you have no part in this story. You're nothing. You come from nothing. You're nothing. But not to me. Ah, oh, I love that. Like, oh, so well said. Like, so well acted. And lifts that hand again. He says, join me. And then he says, please. Like, you've ne- you never heard it. Vader say, please. You never heard Dooku say, please. Like, there is an authentic pleading here from Kylo. Yeah. Um, you know, he a, really does yes. want her to join him. He's desperate. Yeah. He's desperate. He does not want to be alone again. And he is about to be alone again because he killed Snoke. And everyone, even though they might follow him because he's dangerous and unpredictable, is not going to trust him. They're going to look at him uh and, you know, keep their distance. Um he craves that connection, and and when she says no, he breaks again. This guy is just completely broken every which way, and he he, he keeps doing it to himself. So, um, yeah, it's it's tragic, yeah. but that's Ben Solo, right? Right. Well, in his eyes, everybody has betrayed him. Luke yeah. betrayed him, and now Snoke betrayed him, and now Ray's betrayed him. Yeah. So I think he's he very much sees himself as a victim. And I know like uh, it, it really drives me nuts when you have some fans who are like, oh, he's just a big crybaby. He's such a millennial. It pisses me off to no end because, no, that's not what he is. He is a character who is furious at the people who say they see this amazing potential in him. But then one guy is about to murder him in his sleep from his perspective. And now you have Snoke who's just toying with him to get something else. So yeah, he's like legitimately pissed off at these people that he thought he could trust. Um, so I don't think he's just a big crybaby, and that ticks me off when people minimize him to just that. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's uh, a way oversimplification, um, if you ask me. Not that people did, but I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, so, just for the sake of time again, because it's the thing: there, this movie is so dense, you can you could easily just talk for hours and hours. Um, yeah. But just for this, you know, for the sake of time, I just kind of wanted to hit like obviously the big showdown between Luke and Kylo at the end of this movie, which is, yeah, no, which is great. My, my last my last point I wanted to make was just crate. Yeah. Just everything on crate. Crate's great. Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> clever there, Carl. Thank you. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the I men- love. Yeah, all of the stuff that happens on crate. I think it's great. Um, but yeah, the, the especially the confrontation between Luke and Kylo is amazing. <laughs> right. And I think, you know, I mean, Luke comes back, you know, because of essentially Yoda is the one who encourages him to do it without actually saying do this, you know, right. It's, it's that encounter with Yoda that he realizes he's more than his failure. Um. And he goes back and has that beautifully tender moment with Leia. Um, and uh, I do want to say just really quick, I think the closest moment we've had of the big three on screen together in a way is the moment between Luke and Leia. Because, you know, when he says no one's truly gone and then he puts the dice in her hands and then the theme, you know, it goes from Luke and Leia's theme into the Han and Leia theme. And yeah. I know, I mean, yes, it's not, they're not physically together, but I think in, in spirit, the three of them are together in that moment. Um, yeah. And, and it's, it's just really powerful because here you have Luke coming back and he admits that he can't save Ben. And to me, it's, it's, he's being honest. Like Ben hates him because he sees Luke as nothing more than someone who is going to betray him and murder him. Luke is not the one who could save him. Um, again, I think maybe Ray can in some capacity in the next film. Um, but, uh, you know, Leia admits that she recognizes that he's gone then, though, right? So Luke is saying, I can't save him. He doesn't say he can't be saved. He just says, I can't save him, right? Um, I think there's a distinction there because I think yes. he is still redeemable, just not via Luke. But then, and, and I think, but Leia, I think her immediate interpretation of that is like, yeah, I know. I really thought there was something still in my son, but I realize now he's gone. And Luke immediately says, no one's truly gone. Um, and like how how apropos that he hands her Han's dice again to tie that back to earlier when he says to Ray where's Han and we cut to Kylo again like Han it, he still has Han's heart as Snoke says you know you have too much of your father's heart like in that moment like everything that came undone between the big three is right outside that door right Ben yeah. Solo Kylo Ren right that is what caused the the rupture between our, the big three. Um, and here you have Luke coming back to try to make it all right again. Yeah. And saying that, you know, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I can with this. Yeah. And then we get that great shot with the great music as he walks out to, face down the entire first order and i love that so much it's so good and then of course you know the confrontation between ray and kylo happens um or not ray and kylo luke and kylo happens and that's just a very fascinating 
conflict, uh, confrontation too. You know, it's a, it's, I'm, I'm not so sure I'd call it a duel um, because they don't actually cross blades because Luke's wouldn't really be there. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it's a great confrontation. And then, you know, the big reveal that he's not really there um, and that he's still on Octo, you know, projecting all this is just phenomenal. Um, I don't know. I, I I can't get enough of of crate and Luke and all of this. Yeah, you know, I, I to me it's the perfect way for Luke to go out. It's him being his. It's it's the Luke Skywalker hero that we fell in love with in Return of the Jedi, right? And yeah. the main thing that makes Luke the ultimate hero is his decision to be nonviolent, which of course is a little bit um, antithetical in a you know, movie called Star Wars. But right. you know, Luke's decision to throw that lightsaber away in front of Palpatine is the most powerful and heroic thing Luke had ever done in his life up to that point, until now. Um, <laughs> he projects himself, which again... For all of us who wanted like God mode Luke, right? Like we wanted him to dial in the God mode and, and, you know, the cheat code menu. Um, He kind of does that there. It's the most powerful thing I've ever, I think we've ever seen a Jedi do. We've never seen Yoda do anything like that. We've seen Yoda move some stuff. And yeah, we, we saw that he was a good lightsaber duelist. Not good enough to beat Palpatine, but he was pretty good. We've never seen any Jedi do what Luke is doing here. So for all the people who are dissatisfied that Luke's not powerful, I I don't think you could be more wrong because I think this is the most powerful thing we've seen a Jedi ever do in Star Wars. And I love it. Um, Like, yes, for sure. I really wanted to see Luke pick up his lightsaber and fight. And yeah, I was a little bummed that he didn't. But I think for the story, this is the perfect way for him to go out. He goes yeah. out giving up his life so that the rebellion can live. That is a hero. Um, I love it. It's perfect. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and, and it's very selfless too, you know, like a Jedi should be. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Hey, Jason. Yes, Carl. So I know there's other things we want to talk about, um, and there were some things we were going to talk about that didn't necessarily like really work for us in the film, but we've hit on some of those before. We don't need to reiterate them. And again, for the sake of time, I really want to get through the questions that we had left over from last episode. Um, so, and a lot of them are, are, are pretty simple questions. That I think we can not fly through as if we don't care, but I don't think it will require a ton of discussion, but I really want to hit these. So um, let's do that. <laughs> So um, our first question comes from Travis and Travis said, did Ray take the sacred Jedi text? Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> they are in the millennium Falcon. When, uh, when Finn opens up the drawer to get the blanket for Rose, we see them. So uh, yes, Ray t- took the Jedi texts. Yeah. So um, do you want me to read the next one? Yeah, sure. This comes from Emily, who is a student at the college I work at, and she's great. Um, quick fun fact, she's going to be starting a Star Wars club on campus this coming semester. And, yep, that's right. She asked me to be the, the faculty advisor. I was like, yep, I'm on board. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I'm very That's excited. awesome. Yeah. 
faculty advisor for a Star Wars club. Well, Look at I'm, you adding I'm, more awesomeness to your resume. Yeah, staff advisor. I'm not on the faculty, so oh, I don't teach. Staff. So, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, so Emily asks: uh, Since we've been getting a lot more with Force religions, do you think the symbol from Paige and Rose's necklace is a symbol of a Force religion or some other symbol linking the the Tico sisters? Uh, with the Skywalker saber broken. Oh, uh, oh. Yeah. So that first question, that question first. obviously, like anybody, all we, unless you might know this because it might be in the the Visual Dictionary, Jason. I don't know if it is. Um, uh, is it, it is. I haven't read that. Okay. Specifically, um, let me see if I can pull it up while you. Okay. Well, I spec- <laughs> while I speculate <laughs> to something you very well may have the answer to. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I think. Uh, it could be. I don't know. I, I kind of hope so. It'd be kind of neat. Um, my guess would be that it's if it's not some sort of force religion symbol, it's probably something from like their home planet. It's some sort of family tradition that they share. Um, are their characters supposed to be twins, Jason? Do you know that? Or they no, just, they're okay. not twins. Okay. Uh, Paige, I think, is the older sister. Okay. Uh, and Rose is the younger sister. And, it, and it's it just calls it a medallion, so it seems to be... Um, here we go. Rose medallion is a stylized ensign of the Automach system representing Hayes minor. That's where they're from. It's, um, so yeah, it, it's, it's from their home world. It's, uh, probably, you know, been used as a family heirloom, family crest, that sort of thing. It just connects them, you know, in more ways than just, uh, sisters. So yeah, it's not a force religion. It's, it's just something from their home world. So. Although, with what we get from Rose when she says to Finn, like, where she comes from, uh, I wouldn't be surprised, though, that they hold on to where they come from going into this fight, right? Like, this is why we fight. Because where we come from has seen the tyranny of the First Order. Yeah. Very true. So, Um, uh, also asks, with the Skywalker saber broken, do you think Rey is going to try and fix it or make her own lightsaber? If she makes her own, would she use the Skywalker crystal or find her own? Ooh, I think that's, again, a great speculation question. Um, I don't fix that saber. Say it again, Jason? I I don't think you can fix that that saber. I Mm. don't think that's repairable. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think the way that she's holding it at the end of the film, the way it's just cracked right down the center like that. Um, the kyber seems to be intact, so she could definitely just take the kyber and build a new saber. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I With the way that that kyber calls to her, I have a feeling she'll use the same kyber crystal. Um, but yeah, probably build like just a new hilt. Yeah. That's my guess. I'm I'm with you on that one. So, yeah. Um, and then we get uh, uh, we have a group of questions here from from Patrick. And his first one, he says, "Why do snow troopers raid the base on crate instead of regular stormtroopers?" Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe because of their because mass filters. I don't know. Say, oh, um, yeah. I mean, uh, th- th- that could also that armor could also be modified for um, uh, like sand or you know something like that. You know, I, I don't I don't know. Yeah. They could just be leftovers from, you know, Starkiller base they still have sitting around, so might as well use them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, then he asks, how can Kylo commune with Rey after Snoke's death? Is it because they are they are not far apart and 
they're now no longer farther apart and now they're just whatever because they're close together. <laughs> Why do you think they can still commune after Snoke's death? Um, I know we talked about this a little bit on the last episode. Yeah. Um, I definitely think it's number one, it's because of the connection that they built up. Um, so they can start instigating and, and you know, that connection themselves. Um, and I think you and I, you were the one that, that brought up that you think that the, that final one, um, on Octo, it was not orchestrated by, by Snoke, which I, I subscribe to. So, yeah, I think I think it was started by Snoke, but they're still doing it, and I think it'll continue. Yeah, obviously, that's what I think too. I I really feel like that, like I said in the last last episode, that that's initiated by the two of them, and that connection's there now. Um, they don't need Snoke, so. Um, um, and then Patrick says, uh, I rewatched the force awakens and I noticed something in the vision sequence in the shot with Kylo and the Knights of Ren. Kylo has his cross saber, but it looks like he has another saber on his other arm. Is that Luke's green saber or his Jedi saber? Um, I'll say this. I rewatched that vision scene like 30 times today and freeze framed everything. I couldn't see anything in his other hand at all. I'm not saying there's nothing there. I just couldn't see it. So I, I, I don't know. I think that'd be awesome if he grabbed Luke's saber or just some, or his own, you know, right. We obviously know he has a blue lightsaber himself. Um, so it, it could be either of those things, but I honestly couldn't, I, I really wanted to see it. I thought that, that got me so excited, but I, I couldn't see anything in his hand. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it could be the blue saber because I think in the vision, I, I don't remember getting a good look at um, the saber Kylo uses, but Kylo might've been given that Skywalker saber. He might've been using it or something similar to it. I couldn't, I can't tell in the vision and in, in the, uh, the memory that we get of, of Luke attacking Ben. Um, my guess is probably just his old saber. Yeah. Again, I couldn't see anything. So, I I don't remember ever seeing anything either, but not to say it's not there, right? Uh, but I not something I noticed. Yeah. So, and then finally, we have a final question here from Josh, who uh, says, "Was that really Snoke, or was he just projecting himself?" <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it. I think it's really Snoke. I oh, mean, definitely. it made a pretty solid sound when he hit the floor. Right. Uh, Right. So <laughs> he's still there. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Snoke. Yeah, it's definitely Snoke. Um, I mean, they, I think they make that pretty obvious too when they again do that shot when they go back into the throne room and it's just like a you know close up of his dead face with his tongue half sticking out. Like they're making right. it very clear to the audience he's dead. You know. Yeah. And um, and you know the fact that we have you know Hux in there you know, looking at the dead body and just fuming and getting more and more worked up as he's working up the courage to try and kill Kylo um, out of rage. But, you know, obviously Kylo wakes up before he does that. Right. <laughs> and he thinks better of, right. of his actions. Right. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Snoke's dead. Snoke's gone. His hands are still sitting on the throne, um, which I think is one of the... F- not that it's amusing that there's you know pieces of Snoke lying all over the place, but one of the more amusing aspects of that is the fact that his hands are still just sitting on the throne. Yeah. It's kind of weird, but they're there. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. So, 
All right. Well, I, I think we're going to wrap this one up just for this. Um, there's obviously lots more we can talk about, and I'm, we'll figure out a way to talk some more Last Jedi probably again next week. Um, but then I think we're going to start getting back to form, just talking random Star Wars stuff, the good old Star Wars lore, without it just being all Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, there is certainly plenty to talk about for sure, but um, you know, I think I think we got we can do one more episode for sure, but then maybe you know, start start doing our doing doing the old Wampusler thing. Oh yeah. I, I, it's almost time. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we still got this last Jedi high that we're writing, you know, things that, you know, everyone wants to talk about and everybody, you know, is speculating about. And, you know, as we continue to digest this movie, um, but yeah, the, I think we got one more good episode in us before we need to, to go back to form before we're just kind of beating a dead horse. Um, or dead Snoke. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, well, before we go though, um, we do have a matchup for next week's episode that we would love for you all to participate in. And Uh, what is that matchup, Jason? Well, the matchup, uh, we are going to be pitting Kylo Ren versus Anakin Skywalker. What? What? We are. Um, we're going to pit two tragic heroes against each other. Um, although I'm not sure if you would call Kylo a hero or a villain at this point. Um, he's definitely tragic, but I guess hero or villain remains to be seen. Um, <laughs> sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that'll be a really interesting matchup, and I want to see how people take it. Um, Carl, if people want to weigh in on the matchup or continue to... Uh, weigh in on The Last Jedi or anything else, uh, where can they do that? Um, we're on Facebook um, at Wampuslair Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Wampuslair. Our email is wampuslairpodcast at gmail.com. You can always talk with us over on email. Um, we have a Patreon page if you want to support the show. And I know I will be launching my first mini episode next week on Star Wars quotes and what they can mean for our lives, how we can unpack them. Um, so that'll be going up next week on Patreon um, for all subscribers. Um, that's, of course, patreon.com slash podcast. And again, just want to encourage folks to, if they have a moment, just write a, sh- uh, a review for us in the iTunes store. That's what helps you um, get recognized more when folks just look for Star Wars shows in um, the iTunes store. So if you enjoy the show um, and you want to help others enjoy the show, just head on over to the iTunes store and even give us a star rating or just take a few moments to write a quick review. We'd really appreciate it. Uh-huh. All right. Anything else, Carl, before we wrap this up? I am all set, my friend. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair podcast. This episode number 264 of Chrome Domes and Jedi. For Carl, I'm Jason, and we will see you next time here in the Wampus Lair.